0: Long Talk Radio.
1: to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to be engaging the conversation of Carl Kalman, who's been a guest on A Better World radio and TV uh, a number of times since about 2004, when we first met outside of Chennai, India, where... Carl was acting essentially as an advisor on the Mayan calendar to a particular teacher that we were both familiar with at that time. Carl has had a really, really um, interesting professional life, having started originally as a biologist at the World Health Organization, uh, doing cancer research, to uh, leaving that for a life as a Mayan scholar based on a trip he had made to Mexico, at which time he became enthralled with the work of the Mayans and the structures that they created. Since, he has written numerous books and has become an internationally renowned figure and scholar in the Mayan calendar and Mayan culture. Uh, His books include The Mayan Calendar and the Transformation of Consciousness and The Purposeful Universe How Quantum Theory and the Mayan Calendar Explain the Origin of Life. Origin, I'm sorry, and Evolution of Life. Carl's latest book, The Global Mind and the Rise of Civilization, A Novel Theory of Our Origins, will be the basis of our discussion this evening. And we will be looking at what is the mind. What is its origin? What is its relationship to the brain? And what is its role in the formation of our lives and our future? You can go to our website, abetterworld.tv, to read more about Carl, as well as to access other uh, radio programs we've done with Carl over time, as well as even to order his books. So with that, I'd like uh, to welcome you, Carl Kellman, to A Better World. Yet again, it's a pleasure, as always, to have you.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much, Mitch. It's always nice
1: to talk to you, and I, I really enjoy our, our shows. Me too, me too. Thank you very much. I'm going to have to ask you to put the microphone closer to your mouth, if you would, because I know you're up in the mountains in New Mexico. and. uh okay the audio isn't coming through as clearly for the audience as I would like. If you could do how, that. How is it now? That's better. That's better. Thank you. As much as you can enunciate, you know, loudly, that would be great. And that should, that should work yeah. out. If it, if it begins to sag a little bit, I'll, I'll speak up. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, this book, Carl, and it is the first in the volume, the first volume I should say of the Paradigm Shift Trilogy you've named it is No Small Name, both the Trilogy and The Global Mind and the Rise of Civilization, a novel theory of our origins. <laughs> There's nothing modest about it and I like that noble thrust into the domains of of history, philosophy and overall thinking and reflection on our past and what it actually consists of. Uh, and as as with everything else in our lives, there is so much rather um, habituated thinking, routine thinking and acceptance of assumptions that are inherent in the process. And uh, you have been one to really rip asunder those assumptions and Conditioned responses, and this book is exactly another um, another example of that. So, I uh, from the beginning, I want to just thank you for your robust entry into that space and willingness to peel back more layers and take another fresh look. Yeah. So, I agree. Yes. Thank you. So, in light of this, I, I would really like to actually lay out a platform for you. And I'll ask my questions and make my comments along the way. But if you would, I'd love to uh, just invite you to lay out your thesis and um, then some of the points that you would like to uh, use to corroborate it. So the oh, form yeah. is yours.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think the the basic thesis uh, of this book is that uh, human beings are all uh, connected to a global mind, um, a, a mind that actually emanates from the core of the earth. And, it, and while we tend to think that we're all sort of individual thinkers, that we, we have these brains that that are doing the, the, the um, thinking, uh, what it looks like in, in this particular historical perspective Uh, which is based on the Mayan calendar, is that our our thinking is not as individual as we we normally think. Um, And that this global mind that we are connected to, or you might say that we are downloaded, actually undergoes a a change according to a certain pattern. And this pattern is what I say is what the mayan calendar uh is, is based on um, and uh, as as this mind changes, so do our individual ways of thinking, and as our individual ways of thinking are are changing uh, what happens is, is that um, is, is that we start to create civilization and these civilizations have history and uh, undergo change in, in in accordance with these uh, shifts in the in the Mayan calendar and so in this sense we we're all very much part of a, some kind of a divine plan I would say or at the very mm-hmm. least we sort of a time plan and uh, Time plan that that the Maya outlined for the human mind or for the uh, for the collective mind for the global mind, it also corroborates with the ideas that are um, presented in religion. And for instance, the, the old idea from the Hebrew Bible of of God having created the world in seven days um, or actually six days and then resting on the seventh. This is really just another angle on the Mayan calendar that describes the actual time frame of these um, uh, days and nights, which is really like a wave movement, where the days are like the peaks in the evolution and the nights are like valleys in, in the evolution. And so you, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a very ancient. I mean, it corroborates. Ideas that we find from the very most ancient uh, religions that that are, are, are emerged on our planet, and it, and and so is the Mayan calendar. It's, it's an ancient calendar going back uh, at least 2,500 years. And so, uh, what I'm saying here is that uh, in our modern world, we may have lost the uh, the, at least the awareness that we are subjected to a divine plan, and uh, I think we are beginning to recover it, and, uh, and that's why I think the world, uh, the, the work I've done doing is is, is relevant and, and something for for people to listen to because it seems that we are actually part of a divine time plan that we have essentially been unaware of, and this presents the perspective that may explain a lot of things that have seemed
1: very, very enigmatic. Uh, so are you very- saying, Carl, if I may ask here, uh, are you saying that the um, Old Testament's articulation of the seven days or six days of creation... Seventh day of rest is in accordance with the uh, articulation of time and action as described in the Mayan calendar. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and is the onset of the Old Testament, the presence of the Old Testament, and the entire Judaic teaching in accordance with the long count of the Mayan calendar as well as you described, same with the Egyptian, Sumerian, and Mesopotamian Mesopotamian cultures?
2: Yeah, I would.
1: Hello? Are you there?
2: Hello? Yes. Um, Good. Yes, yes, I would say exactly that. And, you know, I I think the whole concept uh, of the... Uh, which is in the Hebrew Bible of, of the, the Garden of Eden. Uh, that's really like a state of consciousness. It's mm-hmm. the state of consciousness that people were in before they started to download the mind. Uh, because the mind, is something. In a sense, it comes. It has very good points because it it's what has created all the the all our civilization and all the conveniences that have come with that. But it has also separated. The mind is a separating function, and and that's really something you you and I h- could hear about in when we were in India a, a number of years ago. that mm-hmm. The mind to the Indians, but it's not just a good thing. It it is good in the sense that yes, you, it helps you create the um, industries and whatever we <laughs> we need for for today. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who, who needs it anyway? But but it it it's bad in the sense that it actually is something that throws us out of that kind of unity that was described as as the uh, the, the garden of Eden. And I I also think that the, the Mayan calendar is something that uh, um, that that describes. Um, something that, that implied in not only in the Jewish tradition, but also later taken up by the Christian and Muslim tradition, the idea that the world is actually going to return to the Garden of Eden, or at least uh-huh. that that's the possibility. And um, uh, this seems, you know, from my perspective, everything is, is sort of planned uh, through these shifts uh, in, in the human mind, and, and it has a history. Uh, it, it, we were taken out of the of the Garden of Eden, but now we can also look at how we we may actually be returning to that state of consciousness, uh, a state of, uh, of awareness.
1: So let me just ask here then: uh, the way you describe the mind, it's as though it were something that were God given. First, the state of bliss of the Garden of Eden was given. Uh, That was our, I guess you could say, our natural evolutionary biological state. And then I'm almost thinking about something like the matrix at that certain point in what we would call prehistory, perhaps uh, pre-civilized history. uh, There was a certain moment in time where there was a matrix, which was this geometric hologrammatic structure, as you described it basically in the book, that was almost placed on our planetary consciousness and began to inform, I guess I would put it this way, uh, that mental, that mind energy intelligence began to utilize our brain in such a way that we were able to then as a as a species, shape and build such things as the uh, the Great Pyramid in Giza and other pyramids and other uh, what are called sacred structures across the planet. Yeah. Is that what you mean?
2: That's exactly what I mean. Thank you for saying
1: it. Sure. So in a sense, it almost appears like, in the film The Matrix, it almost has a little bit of a feel without the perhaps the innuendo of that, it's almost um <clears throat> that idea of our all being part of this consciousness about which we're not even necessarily aware, but that is in some way serious ways governing us. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I, and and I think my work is really about sort of Giving some clarity uh, uh, about this matrix, this this, this global mind, and it's providing enough of historical evidence to to make it uh, uh, as reasonable as possible that this is part of what 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 makes us human. That this is something that determines how we relate to one another in in, in very significant ways, and if. It's not as simple as to say that the mind is the good thing or that it's the bad thing. I, I right. just see it as, as, as my role to try to tell people what the mind comes from. It doesn't yes. come from the brain. it's you know that's that's sort of a lie that is being presented by modern uh, psychiatry mo- modern medicine and modern uh, science in general the the idea that the mind comes from the brain. But that's, that's very different from the spiritual traditions uh, of, of many parts of the world, where the mind comes from, from outside. It's downloaded. It's the consciousness doesn't come from the brain. Um, the, the mind is probably something you might say is that that structures and organizes. Um, um, uh, the, the mind is something that structures and organizes the, the consciousness.
1: That's what yes. I uh, was yeah yes yes i understand no your point it's clear it's very interesting but of course that begs the question about what is the nature of the source of the mind i mean i know you're saying it's of divine origin but since you're deconstructing everything else maybe you could deconstruct that as well
2: well uh no, I cannot say you know what what's the nature of of the mind this is the, actually what what I'm outlining in the book is it's like a mind field of our entire planet, that yes. mind field explains why people started to to build pyramids in, in very widely different parts of the world at uh, almost exactly the same time uh five thousand mm-hmm. one hundred um, but what is the nature of the mind field? I don't think it can be reduced to anything physical that we know. Uh, so in that sense, I don't think I can can uh, I, I can't go further in terms of uh, explaining it with with any kind of physical field that we know of. I think it's a field of its own, and um, um, and. Uh, uh, i I'm all I'm trying to do is to to verify that this field
0: exists
2: and uh, explain how it influences us and the specifics of it but but that that's about that's about it
1: uh, so in other uh, words this this onset at a very specific point actually at the beginning of the famous long count of the Mayan calendar there was the um rather sudden presence uh in human to the human species on earth that had its own form of community certainly village life tribal life hunters and gatherers you know there was a life pre-egypt <clears throat> um yeah. Yeah. and then uh almost like on cue there was a descent from above, is the way at least we're speaking about it, from a divine source uh, that presented itself to humans and gave us a sort of a, a quantum leap of consciousness because of the presence of the mind over our sort of naturally evolved brain. And that allowed us to be equipped with the intelligence to do major architectural and technological construction. Yes, yes,
2: absolutely. That's what I say. And, uh, okay. and, uh, and you know, it's not that I know that people were were sort of by necess- by necessity downloading this mind that creates the civilization. So, um they might have had a choice, but the the thing is that when what what we know from ancient sources, people seem at that point in time to have been kind of grateful for the civilization. The God gave yes. them civilization. The God gave them writing. The God gave them numbers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yes. something in us human beings, we we like novelty in a sense, and we can see today and it's another wave of the buy calendar that it's operating Uh people are love everything that has to do with uh you know smart technologies and uh, apps and uh, and phones and uh, everything like that whether it's nice yeah. or not that's another thing but people just love to see something new coming and that's probably, probably what's happening.
1: yeah Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, I've got to say, and I believe me, I, I love the writing you've done and the scholarship you've accomplished here. It's remarkable, and people really need to become more aware of Carl Gallman as a scholar and the way that you thread your background in Mayan culture and calendar <clears throat> into world events. It's just something that really distinguishes your work from really pretty much anything else that I'm really aware of um yeah. and but I do want to just I do want to take a moment to try to uh deconstruct what we consider yep. the origin yep. of the uh the giver of this matrix style mindset but I also before that one and before I ask you that I want to say that uh, since you mentioned novelty, that was a key theme in the work of Terence McKenna, also truly one of the brilliant minds of the 20th century. In fact, he developed a whole software program about the occurrence of novelty in history, um, Mind Wave Zero. Was that what it was called? I, I don't remember at this point exactly, but something like that. Anyway, uh, he suggested, Carl, that our leaps on consciousness, through the years uh, we've got marked as history, was as a result of the use of psychedelics, which are all shamanically sanctioned plants that have very specific uses. And he theorizes, it's theoretical, um, hypothesizes that their use was instrumental in the mental, psychological breakthroughs in consciousness that allowed us to uh basically commence different levels of our civilization. Your thoughts?
2: Well that's what he called the, the stone the stoned ape. Yes. Yes Yes. I and I I yeah he was a very original thinker and, and yes. I disagree with him. I disagree with him um, my view is that prior to the downloading of the mind, and prior to the um, um, beginning of civilization, I think people were pretty much just naturally, without any kind of psychedelics or anything like that, they were pretty much in a shamanic state of consciousness. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
2: and that's what I'm discussing in the book when I talk about how the cave paintings were... Are made and, and so forth. And uh, yes. because there are interesting scholars uh, who have sort of seen that the ancient cave paintings going back 40,000 years, and, um, and some of them I've seen in France and, uh, and so forth, that, uh, yes. that they, they have similarities with uh, what what modern shamans would describe as their experience as they. Go into this other world, whether it's induced by psychedelics or, or by drumming and rapping and, and so forth. So my mm-hmm. my thoughts, my thoughts around this is that there was in those days there was no need for for uh, you might say mushrooms or or anything like that to put people in the uh, in that kind of a state. It was just their natural uh, birthright, you might say, a natural state. And it was only the mind that broke up this kind of shamanic unity with everything that people were in at at this point. And uh, what I want to point out there is that, you know, uh, uh, McKenna, he thought that, you know, maybe a hundred thousand years ago that uh, people started to use mushrooms that had these kind of magical properties. But... If you really go by the evidence, I think the the, the first uh, clear evidence of the use of psychedelics is um, uh, about 8,000 years old. Uh, you might have seen this mushroom man. This uh, Have you seen this guy with some kind of an inside sex-like guy that is covered by mushrooms all over? Uh, Terence McKenna would highlight this particular thing. and and I think rightly uh, so. I think it's indisputable that this this must uh, show some kind of a state of consciousness induced by these kind of muscles. But what I want to point out is that this is not 100,000 years ago. It is less than 10,000 years ago. And so what I think happened was that when people started to, to download the, the mind, they they got disconnected from the divine, from everything, from the animals, etc. They they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and it, so it's only at that point I think that people started to use uh, uh, mushrooms or, or other uh, substances in order to reconnect with. Oh, the, uh,
1: I see. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. That's a very interesting perspective as well. I I yes. appreciate that. Okay, so let's turn for a moment. Before we get into understanding something about the, the aspect of the eight partitions and part of the gift that comes with that mindset that was given to us, just your own thoughts, Carl, because you've spent so much time looking at this. <clears throat> I'm wondering, uh, first of all, let us let everybody know. I see that we're almost halfway through the program, you're listening to uh, Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We're on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love that you join us every week. So appreciate that you share these uh, links, these radio shows with your friends who you feel and, and others that you feel can benefit from them. We love the expanding audience and people who write to us. You can always get to me at mjr at abetterworld.net mjr at abetterworld.net and uh, I'd like to point out that uh, we have a weekly newsletter at abetterworld.tv you can sign up for it, free newsletter and we announce who we will have on the tv program every Monday night who we will have on our Tuesday progressive film hour with Mitchell Rabin on afternoons on progressive radio network and on a better world radio here And Today's guest is the uh, Mayan scholar, Carl Kalman, the author of numerous books I mentioned earlier, and now we are speaking of his latest book, The Global Mind and the Rise of Civilization, a novel theory of our origins, which is this really interesting uh, foray into the relationship of the Mayan calendar to... The development of the mind, which is not something that just has, Carl says, uh, upsurged from consistent use of the brain, but is actually uh, what looks like a divinely given, to use a modern phrase, download from above. And you're walking in, if you're just entering right now, with my question to Carl, tell me more, tell us more about the nature of the download. What what is its real you know what is it's I understand that you make the point very clear and I completely agree with you and I never really had the thought that the mind came from the brain but I really didn't know <clears throat> where it came from it's all always really been a matter of speculation and you've offered a potential source that I I think is really very much worth thinking about if that's not too ironic and uh, but I would like to know more about what you think about. What we mean when we say divine source? Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: well it, it, it's really kind of beyond me. But just because you know, I think I, I, if if as I believe that the divine source created my mind, how could I use my mind then to understand something that is so much bigger than uh, than my mind? Um, all, all I can, you know, all I can do as as a scientist is, is to uh, see the patterns from what we know historically speaking, but also see how this corro- corroborates some of the most recent understanding of the nature of the, of the inner core of the Earth, as well as with the how that may connect with our 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 brains uh, and so forth. Um, so. Um, See, see, si, do. What, what, what it's, it's kind of irrelevant what I think the divine source is. I, it, it is. What, what I do feel though is that sometimes I am able to connect to this divine source, and and I think whenever something good comes out of it, me, that's probably when I, when I have connected to it. But what it is, I don't know. It's, uh, that's Okay, I'm but sorry. let me
1: be. Let me have some fun, then, for a moment here, because divine sources have oftentimes been thought of as completely out of the reach of humanity. Others Mm -hmm. say divine sources absolutely completely inside humanity. There's that wonderful old soupy story that says, uh, you know, God asked a sage, where do you think I ought to... Uh, park myself where nobody would find me and the sage said well of course in the human heart no one ever thinks to look inside you know so there's that story but there's also the story of extraterrestrial life and um, intelligence far beyond uh, not only this planet but even this three dimensional world and it's has an intelligence that can travel at the speed of light, can narrow itself down into the size of a photon. I mean, it has this incredible plasticity and that there are other colonies and communities and civilizations that are in this galaxy and other galaxies. So, what's to say? What's to say, Carl, because the mind is both what we could say our friend and our adversary in many ways, um, that this this matrix wasn't actually set upon us. That's been noted by the Mayan calendar um, for other reasons that uh, that we know nothing about by another yeah. level, another kind of intelligence in the universe instead of some yeah. kind of generic, nebulous notion simply of divinity. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, well, uh, I, I it's a serious
1: and it's a worthwhile question, actually, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I, I can't prove that. Uh, what I think I can prove is that these sort of ways of evolution that the Mayan calendar describes, they are consistent with the ancient view of of the of of the, of the divine. Um, in other words, you you can make quite a strong case that this evolutionary pattern uh, that that I think is very easy, well, easy. It's it's clearly uh, empirically verifiable. That yes. pattern is consistent with you know the the Jewish idea of seven days and six nights. It is consistent with the. Uh, even though I would have to talk about this a bit longer, but uh, it's about the Buddhist uh, Hindu concept of the 108 movements of, of Shiva, which is another kind of an old way of talking about the, the big cosmic plan. And yeah. these people, the ancient people, they said this these, these are divine. So all I, I can say with some certainty is that the Mayan calendar and the evolution that it outlines is consistent with what the ancient peoples called the divine, and yes. it, it, I couldn't say anything more. Uh, the rest would be just my personal experiences, my personal way of looking, of of explaining reality. But they, they, that's not hard hard evidence. That's 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 just what I make of it.
1: Sure. No, I understand. No, you you're being very responsible and I appreciate it. Um let me another thing that comes to mind in in reflecting on your novel theory as you put it is the work of Julian Jaynes, The Origin yes. of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. And in in his description in that book there was also a very specific point in time that human consciousness shifted from being more you know you could almost say divinely oriented to the kind of separative mind that we have now
2: yep, yep.
1: you want to comment on that
2: yeah I mean, I mean, he is someone that, that, that I've right. read Thoroughly, he is a very original thinker, and uh, he, he did a great job there in sort of uh, looking at ancient sources, whether it was the Old Testament, the Iliad, or the Gilgamesh, and these kind of things. And, and yes. really still saw that the psychology of these peoples in ancient times were quite different from what they are now, and. You, you might say he also outlined a, a timeline for this. He uh, outlined uh, how uh, originally human beings were experienced themselves as in constant contact with the gods and very much subordinated to the gods. And then there came a point uh, when, uh, when people, was, what he called, became conflict. I would rather say that they became conscious of themselves as individuals and it's yeah. a it's a wonderful work uh what I'm doing is to 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 look at this in the context of the Mayan calendar
0: because mm-hmm. he
2: has re- he has no explanation for wh- why these kind of shifts in human consciousness yes right. yes
0: yes
1: this, that's right that's this, where your work. That's why what you've done here and what you've been doing in this book and prior to this uh, is yeah. so, so compelling because it actually provides a, a much larger uh, context and, and specific historical um, timeline for certain events yeah. to occur. And you really do prove. How those events do occur in a timely way.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay, and, and, you know, if I were to, uh, I mean, he points out, he he says that um, uh, that uh, the, the the birth of the human individual, if you say it in that sense, a, a a person who is not just sort of following the Uh, whatever the gods are are telling you, Uh, that birth is what they call the actual age in history, which is about 550 B.C. And uh, uh, that was when when there was a tremendous amount of uh, 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 changes all over the planet. uh, New religions or or really the modern kind of religions would emerge at that particular point in in time, and um, you know, we, we when when we think about people in the past, we we can imagine sort of uh, relating to Plato or, or Aristotle or people like that after the fifth, people that are sort of human individuals uh, making choices and so forth. But we find it much harder to relate to Moses, also in Hote or or ancient yeah. mind. Ma- Ancient Egyptian pharaohs, uh, 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 because they they are not individuals; they seem to be have been following the, whatever the gods were telling them. And uh, yes. uh, but but the point that I'm I'm making in the second volume in, in, in this trilogy is that this shift 550 BC when when all over the world people started to develop religions and think in new ways. It coins, it's It's the exact midpoint of the Mayan long count, and so it coincided with a shift in, in the in the human mind and yes. it, it all comes down to this history of the human mind and, and um
1: uh, yes. yeah yes, it's almost like the uh the lever of the calendar is the use of the uh, of the human mind. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, You know, it's yeah. kind of a funny way of thinking about it, but it's almost like our human mind, and therefore our human beingness, is a function of the calendar, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 it's very interesting, so yeah, it's very interesting, so... Around, and please correct me if my time dates are off a little bit, but around 3100 or so BCE was, um, actually it had to be before that because the Great Pyramid of Giza dates back considerably further. So there had to have been something showing up in the Mayan calendar that signified the... Um, the uh, advent of the human mind as a download, as a matrix, uh, that informed the architects of the pyramid to know a straight line from a crooked one, the first, yeah. the origin of the straight line, and the origin of the eight partitions. And then yeah. there have been several other time points in the calendar one of which you were just referencing around 550 BCE also, where we, you know, it's a little sooner than that. I mean, I'm sorry, a little later than that, where we saw the presence of Lao Tzu and China. And then we have uh, Buddha, of course, Kutama yes. Shakyamuni Buddha, historical Buddha in India. And then we have uh, the Socratic period in ancient Greece, yeah correct yeah Yeah. so yeah yeah am i following your 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 stream okay good could you go back to a comment on that in whatever way you'd like but also if you would go back to um that first initial point when the download first occurred which allowed for these enormous amazing mathematically awesomely precise structures to be built
2: yeah, well, yeah, well. Um, um, the Maya have a description of what happened in 3115 BCE, uh, which is about 5,000 years prior to our own time. And uh, the the best way I can uh, make sense of it, uh, and I of course relate the original uh, inscription in in my book. The best way I can make sense of it is that some kind of a perpendicular um, grid, a mind grid, a global mind grid, was activated all over the world. And as that happened, people started to relate to this mind grid. And this mind grid is really based on the four directions, or actually the eight directions if you want to be precise. But... Mm-hmm. The, the four directions, and so the, there is a reason then that the ancient peoples would always build their, uh, always I should say, but very very often they would build their sacred monuments in accordance, in alignment with the uh, the, the four directions, because that's what they, the four directions at, at those times were almost certainly experienced as four actual divine power, uh, and that's a viewpoint that you, you definitely find from all Native American peoples, that the four directions are, are energies, are, are divine uh, sources, if you like, and you yes. find it both from Japan and from China and and, sure. and several ancient You know, cultures. you find
1: it in the presence of the art of geomancy. Which is all over the planet and yes. part of indigenous cultures. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so it seems like they were in in a more advanced resonance with these four powers and and could really feel how they w- were coming in. But also these four powers of the of the of the direction, they were actually the, the ones that gave us the structure of the mind, believe it or not. But mm-hmm. if if you think of how important the they, the four directions were to the ancient people, they they must have had some reason for that. And the reason yes. that I'm seeing is that those four directions, the, the alignment, the perpendicular lines, and so forth, is what gave them through resonance the structure of their minds, their ability to to discern, to give structure and 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 so forth. So, so it, there was a reason that, that that people in in built the big pyramid or or many many other uh, monuments in the world that they were so keen to to have it aligned with the with the, with the four directions because the four directions mm-hmm. were the source of of their
1: civilization. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, you could say it's one of the most fundamental organizing principles we have, which is our orientation in space.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. But you know, that
2: orientation was really just activated at a certain point in time. And and it's only since then that, that we've been able to tap into it and resonate with it.
1: Yes, 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 exactly. And maybe that goes for everything. Maybe only when something emerges, then we can resonate with it. You know, what? it's actually, you know, part of um, Heidegger's thinking, if I understand correctly, that once something is in language and we have an, a word to represent an idea, then we can begin to relate to the idea and make it real, in effect. Yeah, yeah.
0: same
1: thing. Same thing. Yeah, isn't it? Right. Okay, good, good, good. No, this is very, very interesting. I'm curious, why would it be that in Egypt, uh, so, so powerfully, the download was experienced in such a precise way that it allowed them to generate these kinds of entire culture civilization based on these structures. Whereas in the Turtle Islands, you know, the United, now known as the United States of America, while they received, the, the native peoples here received the same download, we don't have anything, in fact, nowhere else in the world quite matches what occurred in Egypt. Yeah, except I for maybe the Maya.
2: <laughs> well, Maya are later, but you know, you, you, there are several monuments that come from exactly the same time, and one are the pyramids in Peru, which is a place called Caral, which is a civilization that emerged, you know, totally independently from from that in Egypt, and. It, uh, another case, uh, which is exactly simultaneous with the Egyptian first Egyptian pyramid, Stone Stonehenge in, in England, and that's uh, uh, you, you may then wonder why did uh, Egypt go on to become uh, uh, this very advanced civilization at a very early point, whereas it seems in England. All they did was to build this Stonehenge, these monuments that are fascinating by themselves. But, you know, when the Romans came to Britain, they saw no cities anywhere, no higher civilization. So it didn't really take hold, you might say. They downloaded Mm. the same and same mind because we can see that from this Stonehenge. But I think there is a we can't just ignore the, the physical reality of the different civilizations, and if they, they estimate that at that time the population of Egypt was already three million, and if they they had the Nile which provided food for for a large group of people, whereas in England at that time there were like a hundred thousand people, and not at all that kind of fertile. Environment for for uh, for agriculture uh, and so forth. So I, I think that you know that there is also a, a great effect of of the, actually having uh, reliable food sources and and so forth. That that it's necessary for even if you download this new mind, it it, it you have to have some people to build the pyramid, if nothing else, and. Uh, uh, Egypt had it, and uh, um, a, a few other places did, but certainly not everywhere. And, uh, yes. and that comes into the picture too. You can't be ignored that that uh, early, some of the early civilizations like in the Indus Valley as in Mesopotamia and, and Egypt, that they are all river cultures built yes. uh, with, with that.
1: Yes. Right, exactly, exactly. Could you talk a little bit about the um, the Schumann resonance as it relates to the building of these structures and the understanding of the eight partitions? Yeah.
2: Well, the the Schumann resonance, uh, you know, it, it's a frequency of the uh, of an electromagnetic wave at, at the surface of the Earth. And, uh, um, the, it's well, said to be
1: uh, 7.83 hertz, which has been modified some as a result of some of the uh, envir- environmental disruptions uh, we've been experiencing uh, over the uh, past yeah. few decades. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: anyway, I think it still measures at something like 7.83, and and. Uh, uh, what what has been noticed then is that that frequency is the lower edge of the range of so-called alpha waves and the alpha waves in your brain is usually indicative that you' are in a state of relaxation and uh, so which in a sense makes which makes sense because sure. what that means is that you you are in a state of relaxation if your brain is in resonance with the with the frequency of of the Earth's surface, which after all that's our home and that's where we're living, and so yes. you can understand that that makes so Now, what, what I've added to this picture is is not only to look at the the frequency of the surface of the Earth, but also the outer uh, atmospheric electromagnetic layers. And also, what is most important, I would say, is is the inner, the mantle, the outer core of the Earth, the inner core of the Earth, and in the same sense that that the surface of the Earth has a certain frequency associated with it, uh, mm-hmm. the, the inner uh, spheres of our planet also have frequencies. These are higher frequencies, and mm-hmm. these. These correspond to other of 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 our brain waves, and especially interesting then is the the core of the earth that is considered to be a a, a crystalline structure made from uh, from iron and, and nickel, and that is, means that it is the most structured part of, of this whole earth, and that's the, the frequency we are in resonance with then we our our brains are in in the gamma uh, range, and the gamma range is really our higher mental function so yes. it, it provides kind of you know i can you never get to a close case that that is, that's an illusion, but it comes very close to a closed case where you can see that. The, the mental functions of the human mind um, is, is really about connecting uh, to the the earth's inner core that that structure so when you when you think in a structured way your brain happens to be in resonance with the the, the highly structured inner core mm-hmm.
0: um, if,
2: and if, if you go in the other direction when you go out in the in space your the the frequency uh, will be lower, and uh, so will will your brain frequency be. And so that's when you're dreaming. That's when you are asleep. Then you are in resonance mm-hmm. with with those parts of of our of our system here that that has no structure. So dreams can you know things come and go, and there's no no organization, that's structure in dreams. Because you know the resonance with that part of the to the, the earth system that is fractured.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very
1: interesting. Very interesting. So you know your work is uh, comprehensive and voluminous, and I I just want to acknowledge you for the painstaking research that you have conducted. Uh, not to say it was painful. I don't mean that, but diligent. And disciplined by uh, very, very obviously, and I, I really appreciate that. I, I also very much like the idea that we have a um, another way of understanding the relationship of the brain to the mind, and uh, the work I'm doing with my own clients in my the groups I run, uh, including down here. I'm at uh, retreat in uh Naples, Florida, Paradise Gardens of Gary Knowles, uh for a WBAI FM fundraiser. Uh one of the subjects is very much using the mind to shape the brain. And so the brain mm-hmm. it becomes almost a feedback mechanism. So yeah. we you understand that we can use the mind in a way to shape the body altogether that shapes biology. And um yeah. really has power over biology, you know, and that's a very, and in fact the entire material world, if you want to do it by extension, depending on how well you can develop this mind we're speaking of, which has, you're saying, a divine origin, and that's something that makes a tremendous amount of sense. If it's going to have some potential dominion, over the material world it's got to have the spiritual world in no pun intended in mind and so um your your thinking aligns with my own and furthers it in some really interesting ways that i'm very much appreciating here um i'd love for you to like as a takeaway carl for our audience um what what would you like very much for uh our audience to walk away from this dialogue uh, thinking about and knowing for themselves.
2: Well, uh, I'd like to to make the audience realize that they have a certain choice about the, what what mind you might say, or or uh, we haven't talked about that in this really because uh, it's. It, it's coming in the next couple of volumes that I'm working on. But they, it's actually, the, the mind has, there are several different levels of, of the mind that is being de- developed by the Mayan calendar system. Uh, nine different levels, if you want to be precise. Oh, and uh-huh. Yes, so that's for the, the coming volumes, really. Um, yes. The the particular mind that we've been talking about is the 5,000 years of of the of the civilization, and uh, that that is really you know the good thing about it. Is we don't need to talk about that really. That that we can build pyramids and we can build the, uh, all the all the other things that comes out of it. The problematic side of it is that it could do a dualist mind, um, and uh, so it's it's uh, it tends to, you know, it's, it's what the Bible talks about—the the tree of of knowledge of good and evil. That that's just a metaphor for for the the mind. And mm-hmm. for the problematic then with that whole thing that brought us out of the garden of, of duality. It's, of
1: du- it's a, it's of a duality. Uh, symbol of
2: duality, of, the, of of condemnation and duality and and, and so forth. And. Uh, uh, this is not the only form of the mind that is now available. Uh, and that we would have to uh, you know, that's just another discussion that comes to the next couple of volumes. But mm-hmm. I just I see for people to see that the mind is not something that their brain has created and that they are stuck with. They they have a freedom of, of what they are going to resonate with. They have a freedom of what they're going to download and uh, uh that's, that's the important thing it, in other, in other words the, the mind is not something that's sort of built into our brains and built out of, of, of our brains it, it comes from an external source really yeah. and uh, yes. that's that's what what i believe uh where people can find the freedom. And that's also where we as as a human collective in 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 the time now, especially after the uh, the trip in the Mayan calendar that were a couple of years ago that we now have new possibilities we have the possibility of of transcending fully the dualist mind or, or the past and uh, that's what i uh, want people to be aware of and and to look into and and see how they will be part of manifesting a, a, a world where our minds are not judgmental, but see the connection of everything and then help people connect in all possible ways with, with the highest good and the return to the God and the leader. Mm,
1: mm. Now, I, I realize another question has surfaced. That's a, that's beautiful. and I, I actually have a few more questions for you. Uh, one is, What would you say about the research that's being conducted about the way the prefrontal cortex is being activated and, in fact, gamma waves being measured from the brains of Tibetan Buddhist monks by such neuropsychologists as Dr. Richard Davidson and other work that's being conducted that seems to indicate that the prefrontal cortex is very much the domain of our future human potential, yeah I would agree with you too
2: um except that it, it, it i wouldn't agree with the, i mean obviously that it, it, it's kind of a fact that that these kind of measurements can can be made um it's just that the um, it's not it's not as simple as to say that. Uh, you change your brain. Uh, what 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 you do change your brain. But the the primary thing when you do these kind of uh, um, uh, meditations or or other spiritual practices is that it takes you to what, what in terms of the Mayan calendar would be the the ninth level of the pyramid. The it takes you to uh, uh, these kind of spiritual meditations, it would take you to a state of unity uh, consciousness. And Mm -hmm. as you do that, as you do that, and as you attain that state of consciousness, then your brain will also reflect that and change uh, 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 accordingly. Um, Yes. So there's no no contradiction there. this, the work they we are doing to show that there is a correlation between states of consciousness and, and brain activity and so forth, it doesn't say that the, 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 the mind is created by the brain. That, that's not a conclusion to draw from it. It, it just right. tells you that if you're able to change your state of consciousness, you will, you will, uh, that will be reflected in your brain as well.
1: Yes, indeed. So, in other words, a change of mind can lead and does lead to uh, its reflection in this change of brain state and brain activity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. So, the change occurs yes. in the mind and shows up almost a mirror effect in the brain, which is the physicalized container I don't know if I want to say that, if it's a container, but it is certainly a, ves- a vessel of the mind. Yeah. 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 Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Now, you've gotten me all um, hot and bothered, Carl, about these nine other levels <laughs> that are articulated in the Mayan calendar. Now, you know, it's funny because what I'm hearing you say is that we could take a look at the Mayan calendar and see a history of... And the future of human evolution on the planet, including the evolution of our consciousness,
2: yeah I mean certainly you can see in in the the history of, of humankind at the current time the the situation is is quite um complex um it's sort of a multi-dimensional, multi-level mind that has become possible to it. So, you know, even if I did make predictions prior to the shift and the, the predictions that were also actually very precisely manifested based on the Mayan calendar, I would not today want to make any time-based uh, uh, prediction about the future. Uh, it, it's like uh, it's like these. Uh, we come to a state, and it depends on ourselves what levels of, of of consciousness that we're going to be in resonance with. And nobody tells us it's our choice. And there are nine different levels, and we can choose between them. We can choose to stay in the judgmental level that I've been. Dominated humanity for five thousand years. We may also change, uh, be, choose to be in resonance with the higher levels of the mind, the, the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth level of of the mind. And it, 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 in terms of time, I wouldn't, you know, I I I, it, it, I wouldn't precise in precision to any prediction of of any any. Uh, any change because it's it up to us. It wasn't before, but now it is. Okay, so in
1: other words, the human will is its own—you could say—distinct organ, or it's its own distinct function yeah. outside of even the mind.
2: Yes, I would. I, that's my belief. I can't yeah. prove it, but I believe. Okay.
1: Right, right, right. but is there I, I know that you are loath to make predictions, and uh, one of the really interesting aspects of your scholarship brought you to um, an interpretation of the so-called end date of the Mayan calendar, which was at significant variance with uh, traditional uh, Mayan scholarship. Your date was, if I remember, october twenty eighth two thousand eleven distinct from yeah. Yeah. uh December twelfth, two thousand twelve. You know, you could say yeah. um yeah. about, you know, um a thirteen month difference. And yeah. you stick yeah. you stick to your guns about that and the others stick to theirs and so be it. You know, I, I don't think it's I think it was a really interesting, you know, another one of your yeah. wonderful adventures in scholarship that I think needs to be applauded because uh, you yeah. know, In fact, you know, Jose Arguez, even though you two differed on a number of levels, he was another interesting adventurer who was willing to um, um, think and imagine um, in light of uh, Mayan scholarship, you know, and I, right or wrong, uh, I think we have to tip our hats, you know, but so I know that you don't want to do that, but I'm very involved in looking at, you know, what we could call the sixth epoch of a new Shangri-La on Earth, of, of the caterpillar emerging uh, as a butterfly, or uh, what it looks like more than anything, you know, the, um, the continued um, direction downhill that's occurring in many ways, um, that would lead to the sixth extinction, sort of as described in Elizabeth Colbert's book and um, many, many others. So I've been doing a lot of shows on, on, you know, precious species extinction or conservation these days, and we're so at the precipice of so many. I mean, they say that literally in 50 years, more than 50% of the species we know today, if we stay on the current path, will be extinct. There won't be any more elephants yep. and rhinos yep. and zebras and tigers and bears. I mean, they're gone. They become, uh, you know, photographs in a history book, yeah. Yeah. you know? So, uh, from that larger planetary, you know, global warming, climate change, even more important point of view. Um, are there indications you've seen in the Mayan calendar that you could point to that would give any indication about where, whether we're going to be breaking through this to, to a higher state of consciousness or we're going to remain habituated in the lower use of the mind? Well, all I can say is that
2: this ninth way that Doesn't hold the kind of polarity, or doesn't have the kind of uh, dualistic equality as the lower uh, uh, levels of the mind uh, was only activated three years ago, uh, in in the beginning of of 2011, and uh, so. That is, you know, as to the extent that people are resonating with that, and they don't need to know whether the, the, where this comes from and, and so forth, but to the extent that they resonate with it, to the extent that they experience the unity with all things, then they are on the right path. Yes. And it's not just that anyone can say, oh, I'm fully enlightened or anything like that. It's something we will have to do over and over again, and and we have to uh, develop ourselves spiritually to come to that state. But the point I'm making is really that it's only been active for three years, uh, and uh, it will continue to run. It will continue to uh, have a possibility that has never existed before. And from looking at reality through that kind of a window, which is a different window, a window where everything is connected and every everything we do will have consequences for everything else that yes. is the solution that is well it's at least the, the the beginning of the solution then of course there's the whole thing of how do you manifest how do you translate these insights that that comes from that kind of a unity consciousness into the physical world and and saving these animals and so forth but it certainly is something that has never existed before. That kind of a unity consciousness has really never been a possibility before, and only now it is and that yes. uh, that is the hope that is the possibility and it, it, uh, that's uh, a novelty, you might say uh, from the, yes. the per, uh, from the
1: perspective of the
2: Mayan talent
1: yes, 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 yes. I hear you that's This is all very potent and fertile for our imagination and for our contemplation, truly. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just really, really interesting. But just to be clear, the source of the ninth wave, which is beginning to fertilize our consciousness with the notion and the resonance of unity consciousness is Originating in the same place as the mind matrix that that came to our planet um, at the beginning of the long count. Yeah, you, it's, a, it's
2: a sequence you might say of activation of different waves of evolution of the mind, and uh, they they have different polarities and. Uh, it's like a round. It's like turning back. And if what used to be a unity before the mind was downloaded, and people were constantly in a shamanic state more than 5,000 yeah. years ago, that is yeah. now becoming a possibility for us to return to um, through the ninth wave.
1: And, uh, Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, you're now reminding me of a work of uh, Marcia Eliada of University of Chicago, who wrote yeah. the Myth of the Eternal Return, which was all yeah. about yeah. the the archetypal presence in mythology of this notion of um, paradisal beginnings. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the Mayan calendar is um, articulating something similar. It looks like it's a going back, but I would say it's not really literally a going back at all, but a going through and ultimately a spiraling upward by remembering that connectedness and carrying that with us through the advent of the descent of the mind onto planet Earth, and um, a blending in some way of a recognition of our unity while enjoying some of the benefits of the mind matrix that we've been given. What do you think? Well, well, I think so. And I think,
2: you know, it's it's a similar case to James. I mean, it's it's another person who has done these uh, remarkable descriptions of the history of religion and so forth, but does yes. not have the Mayan calendar as a background. And, yes. and, and so all, all that he can say is, is that, oh, it just happened. It happened. It happened. Yeah. But, what, the, right. the, the, but only with a Mayan calendar would you actually understand that this is a preordained uh, plan you might say there is a reason yeah. it happened. you understand the mechanism and so forth and yeah. uh, you know i'm not i mean it's 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 wonderful description of mythology and his and history religion that he did and uh, and so forth, but the mayan calendar is brings an an absolutely necessary component for us if you seriously want to understand the the background of this myth and and what what's coming.
1: Yes, exactly. And, in fact, I think the same thing could be said about the work of uh, Joseph Campbell, who I'm reminded of in many of the points you're making, and even the work of Carl Jung, you know, who himself was a psychologist and a scientist in many ways, although I think a lot of his work was largely um, creative, imaginative, and intuitive.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Does that make sense Absolutely. to you? Yeah. yeah. So what I'm seeing here, Carl, is that your work is seminally to bring the Mayan calendar as a, a, way, a way to peg and understand the context of really all of human history and, of course, civilization and even the advent, if I may say here I can, of the human mind. Yeah the presence, the very presence of the human mind can all be pegged and understood via the timeline uh, articulated and understood through the Mayan calendar. Yes, yes. Thank you. And it's like that's the missing element, that's the missing link in tying together all of history, I hear Um, you saying. yeah. Yeah. It's like there was a map that we decided to ignore collectively and make our way through the wilderness. And we've come across some really wonderful things and we found our way in the wood to some extent. But had we followed the map, we could have done our creativity guided by the map in a much more deliberate and conscious way and created accordingly... Without getting also so lost in the wood, yeah probably
2: yeah
1: okay, <laughs> no, yeah. thank you for your you know i'm I'm like bouncing things off of you, um, so I check my own understanding according to your scholarship, you know, and so yeah, yeah. that's fun for me, <laughs> and um it's uh you're helping me, even though we have had conversations i i a better world um hosted you in New York City back in September of two thousand and four. I believe it was you know to give a workshop on the mayan calendar and i I see that even me, it's taken some time for me to more wholly digest the the kind of fundamental foundational importance of this particular calendar and the timeline that it has articulated. And I may add to that your interpretation of that calendar, because that calendar has been variously interpreted. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. We know it, right? We know it. So hence the amount of controversy around it, uh, because, you know, the glyphs are interpreted this way and that way. And, there's, yeah. uh, you know, there's been ongoing discussion. <laughs> It's a nice way of putting it among the scholars, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I I want to say I think the reason there's been um, such controversy is also that uh, the subject itself is so important, and that um, the the true explanation will, you know, meet resistance and have met so, that's what I would say. And then, so so any any topic of that importance of the Mayan calendar will generate, uh, I
1: think, will generate uh,
2: controversy.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I really appreciate your part of that conversation that has been going over on over time. And uh, thanks so much for being a guest. Uh, we will certainly... Have you on again? It's been pretty obvious over the years, Carl, that our friendship and colleagueship continue to explore and adventure along the same paths. After all, our meeting in a beautiful place called Golden City um, back in, you know, January, February of 2004 um, has given rise to this uh, wonderful friendship and appreciation of each other's work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing
2: your intelligence to this, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to, to be interviewed with somebody who really, you know, know knows what I'm saying and, and, and wants
1: to sound things on these things. Indeed, indeed. Well, you're most welcome, and thank you for being a guest again, and uh, we'll be in touch and certainly have you on again in future. Thanks so much, Carl. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye now. So, good night. That was Carl Kalman, Dr. Carl Kalman, Ph.D. The Global Mind and the Rise of Civilization, a Novel Theory of Our Origins, brilliant work. The amount of research is formidable. Uh, The way he has connected the dots and shown us uh, the way Uh, The mind has presented itself, or has been presented, actually, more accurately, presented uh, to us, and uh, the way we have taken to it and not taken to it over time is a really, really interesting, really interesting query, and uh, that the Mayan calendar can be and is a timeline that outlines the unfolding of human history and the human mind, and both of their evolution is something that is uh, well for us to digest. It means we will have a a guide, a pathway for future that goes beyond anything else we currently or have ever had. But it takes some real study to be able to understand and Carl is one of the great researchers and articulators of the wisdom of the Mayan calendar. So we have a lot to be thankful for with, with Carl's work. Yes, you can order his books. You can order our interviews on television uh, with him at abetterworld.tv. We're always grateful for your attention. It's loving, it's understanding, it's so appreciated. Truly, we know, I know so deeply um, that there are many choices of what you are going to listen to, spend your time with, and that you feel uh, this work at A Better World is worth that time and energy is something, uh, a deep, deep uh, gift to me. And I feel that, well, you know, I do this because I feel it's a a gift to all of you and to the universe itself, and um, we will continue as we do every single week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every week. We are also in the process of becoming uh, 501c3, please know, and it will be a way of our helping to provide these services. Um, spiritual services uh, and uh, to our audience that has a background to it of science and creativity and thought, as well as deep compassion for each other and for our sentient Earth and wanting to protect her, conserve her, honor her in every way possible as we do each other. That is so much the basis and the mission of A Better World. So thank you again. Make sure you get on our mailing list. Uh, become a member of a abetterworld.tv. And I love having you tune in to all of our shows as well as to write to me at mjr at betterworld.net, mjr at and share your, your thoughts and your comments with us. They're always, always appreciated. So on that note, I am signing off from the beautiful Paradise Gardens. I think it's no mistake that I happen to be in a form of paradise right now down in Naples, Florida, doing uh, this great work with these uh, wonderful people. And I look forward to seeing you all next week.